0: are you good at guessing what people want this year stop guessing and give them what they want from burgers to video games to ripped jeans they pick their gift from some of their favorite brands with a choice gift card from giftcards.com it's genius
1: Glenn Riches 25 campaign aims to challenge the historically unitary and largely misinterpreted vision of wealth and what it means to live a life of riches that is commonly displayed in culture. Riches 25 breaks from the single malt scotch whiskey norm and helps redefine what it means to be rich. The launch of the Glenn Fittick Riches 25 is a curation of 25 individuals that challenge traditional notions of wealth and express an alternate idea of what it means to live a life of riches. For me, it's about fulfilling work and flexibility in my time and nobody breathing down my neck except for you. You Jen, and when there's too much breathing, I reach for my Glenfiddich 23. I want it to be old enough to have its own scotch if it wants to. Skillfully crafted. Enjoy responsibly. Glenfiddich 2021, imported by William Grant and Sons Inc., New York, New York. Listen up, sports fans! Football season is heating up, and it's time to get in on the action with mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football basketball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet sides, predict scores, track player props. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag to open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code ZABE. No deposit is necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Today on the ZabeCast, despite my reputation for always dissing old-school NBA players, we have a beauty today. Steakhouse Confidential number 4 with Kevin Grevy, former Washington Bullet. Everything from Steph Curry's absurd range today to how Kentucky got him to sign on the bottom line. The stakes were juicy, the story's even juicier. Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Thursday, November 29, 2018, thank you for downloading our Steakhouse Confidential this week features a guy I bet that very few of you outside of D.C. have ever heard of. His name is Kevin Grevy. He was a white, lanky, left-handed shooting guard for the Washington Bullets back in the mid-70s and early 80s, ended up in Milwaukee, won a championship for us here in D.C. in 1978, and then after retirement had successful careers as both a tour and sports bar owner for many years, Grevy's in Fairfax, a broadcaster for home team sports, and now he is still a scout in the NBA at age 65, and that's for his best friend Mitch Kupchak. This old white dude is as hip as it comes, and he understands the modern NBA as well as anyone. We had a great time. I hope you enjoy the conversation. You know what I love? I love that I did no prep for tonight. I'm like, uh, so uh, you played in the NBA? I hear. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Were there peach baskets back then or not? Oh please, (laughs) come
2: on
0: now.
1: No, we had the hole in the peach basket by then. (laughs) Oh God. Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I forgot you played for the Bucks. That's right. After the last the, two years after with the Milwaukee. Yeah. How was that? Cold? It was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> th- I never felt cold like that. I lived yeah. in
2: Whitefish Bay, yep. uh, right on the lake. I lived in Jim Sunberg's house. He and I had the same agent. I had a great deal, I thought. He said, Greevy, um, you're going to be playing with the Bucs. You can just stay at my house. Just Just pay the utilities. And <laughs> you don't have to pay the rent. I said, Sandy, I got a great deal. I utilities only have to pay only. <laughs> those damn utilities were about three thousand a <laughs> month. <laughs> uh, oh God, that's chilly.
1: So, what was? The, give me one thing about the NBA back in the seventies and eighties that people today would not believe, considering where the league is today, whether it's the style of play, the coaching, the travel, the pay—just mm-hmm. something that nowadays you look back and shake your head?
2: Well, that's a tough question because there's so many differences from what the league is today and what it was back when I played. One example, 1978 when we played Game 7 in Seattle to win the championship in 78, my parents and my family lived back in Cincinnati and they said, Kevin uh, we'd love to go to Game 7. They went to A lot of the playoff games, but they couldn't go to the last one. They said, we'll just watch it at home. And then I get a call after shoot-around. My mom and dad said, we can't get the game. Little House on the Prairie is on.
1: Shut up. Yes. Well, I think the NBA Finals, boys, was tape delayed until 1980 when Stern took over. Right. And and helped drag the league out of its low point. That's how bad it was. Yeah, exactly. My
2: parents had to drive to Indianapolis where they could get the local feed for the Game 7 NBA championship. Oh, my God. But to go back to your question, um, I think it was – it was like a fraternity in some ways. Um, you know, there weren't, but when I came into the league, there were 18 teams. There were Jesus, 18. 12, it only like 22 in 78, right? How yeah. many made the playoffs? 12-man rosters. Okay. There was one coach, one assistant coach, one trainer.
1: Shut up. Oh, yeah. That's one of the huge differences. Now you see all the suits on there the benches. There are more
2: coaches, more trainers, a more. Second fitness. row behind the bench. That's how many? Right. How many? Her, her, her. How many
1: assistants are there now on some teams? There's no limit. As by the many way. as eight or nine. <laughs> eight or nine. Luke, <laughs> yeah. Lucas
0: is standing behind the Houston front row bench as a
1: coach last night. <laughs> right. One coach, one assistant, one, one trainer. One trainer. Wow. Okay. And that's called low overhead. Everybody knew everybody. Every
2: player knew every player in the league knew him personally we had player association trips in the summer we weren't buddy buddy but we all knew one another and there was this common goal we knew that the league was struggling we played in half full arenas i remember playing in the atlanta hawks and there might have been a thousand people there a thousand a thousand people jeez every time we took the floor at the capital center half of the
1: Fans were rooting for the other team. That was an adjustment. A tradition that sadly continued for many <laughs> years afterwards under the reign of Susan O'Malley, who knew how to market. I'll give Marked. her that. Oh Marketer. yeah, she marketed a hell but out of those other teams <laughs> and those other players. That's exactly. right.
2: But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. My memories, um, as you get older, I'm sixty five. Yeah, I, I had some. Some bad moments in the league. I had a few uh, issues uh, where things weren't going right, but I don't wake up anymore with tremors about those kind of things. <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right, right. I feel great. What well, you got I a ring tenure. too? I got a ring, and that's right. But where that, is the ring today, by the way? I was you know, promised to see the ring. Tonight. It doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit <laughs> like your high school tux. Doesn't fit. Right? It's too big. The it's glove too big. Don't fit. You know well, the I, ring doesn't fit. I bet the ring. Would look pedestrian by today's standards. Oh, it does. Right? It's a very it basic does. ring. I bet. Well, yeah. say, by what's it valued at?
2: Um, I have it insured for twelve thousand dollars because it's it's not the gold and the jewelry. It's the fact it's one of few. Right. But that's I still, have that's I still have a, five that's, other championship rings that are Laker rings as a Laker scout.
1: Oh, okay. I joined
2: the Lakers in ninety nine, and we got five rings. Do you have those and,
1: insured for more? I do. They probably have more actual diamonds on them. Yes. Every year they just
2: get more gaudy, more <laughs> gaudy, and to the point where, you know, they look like ornaments that you would put on a tree. I did mean, you see? Huge. Did you
1: see Golden State's rings I this did. year? It's unbelievable. Have you guys seen them? Yeah, the reversible, I've seen reversible, home and away centerpiece, so you can unscrew it, flip it. One what? side, yeah, Maybe. one side is like diamonds. Oh, yeah. The other side is like sapphires, blue. They've got to <laughs> do something. They're getting okay, bored. Okay, yeah. let,
0: let's get a comparison. You seen the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup championship ring? It's
1: a great looking ring.
0: Huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean there are a lot of diamonds. There's a lot going on there. Shots got his last night in the right. locker room. Yeah. Right. For but,
1: anyhow. but when it comes to rings, I remember once Jerry West had his ring stolen at gunpoint outside right. the forum mm-hmm. in yep. Los Angeles because that forum was in a little bit of a dicey neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he walked out wearing it, and they're like, thanks, I'll take that. So, <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that? I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So you won an NBA championship with the Bullets in 1978, All right. right? All right. What did you score in, the, in Game 7 against the Sonics? Six points. Six points. And – can you describe those six points? <laughs> yeah, they have <happen> real quick. <laughs> um, the game before that, I I played
2: one minute. Okay. The game before that, I had 28 points and uh, hurt my wrist. I got – feel this, Paul. Feel oh that boy. bump. Feel that? Yep. yep. I ripped the tendon on my shooting hand, and coming back on the flight for game six, I couldn't – You know, we're flying on this Lear jet. It was the one time we didn't fly commercial. Abe Pullen had the Ogden jet. I'm (laughs) like, oh, my God, I've hurt myself really bad. I ran into Jack and hyperextended my shooting hand.
1: Wait, wait, where is the trainers on this? Where is the team doctor on this? There were
2: only 12 seats (laughs) on the plane. Did they even give you a bag of ice? No. no, no. (laughs) Did you even tell them that you had hurt your wrist? In the morning. I got up early, and I called Bob Ferry. And we had the day off, and then the next day we have game six on a Sunday. So Saturday morning I got up, called Bob. I said, Bob, I can't even move my hand. It swelled up. I heard it, and he said, well, Stan Levine, I'll call him right now. you got to go see him. So I went to see Stan, and he said, Kevin, this done look good. I'm going to immobilize it, and we'll shoot it up on Game day, Sunday.
1: <laughs> okay. So
2: I said, great. I said, you think I'll be able to play? He said, we'll, we'll find a way. And I said, that's <laughs> that's all I wanted to hear. I do right. not want to miss game six. But you played so one minute. I played one minute, and this is why. But he played. <laughs> so Stan, he's he's injecting me before the game starts, right before game time. I'm, what was he putting in you? Um, Novocaine, Kane, who knows? You don't know. I don't know. Could have been
1: horse tranquilizer. Yeah. It was the but 70s.
2: It's the first time I could move my hand in 48 hours. So now I'm moving it, and I said, oh, great, that's great. Make sure you give me a good dose of it. He said, I am, I am, I am. And he's putting it right in there. So I go out to play, and I'm warming up, and I'm noticing that the numbness now is creeping up to the, the hand. And now oh, it's going boy. up to the palm of my hand. Oh, boy. I said, Stan. I think you gave me too much. He said, well, just play as long as you can. (laughs) So by the time jump ball, I couldn't feel my left hand. And so my first shot from the corner was with my right
1: hand, and I made it, Zabe. It's one of the best shots I ever made. You're a lefty, for those that don't know, and you shot it right-handed. Shot it right-handed, made it, and when Coach
2: Mata and Bernie Bickerstaff saw what I had done, immediately they took me out of
1: the game. All right, so that so takes I sat, us then.
2: So Game 7 okay. now, I'm feeling a little better, still hurting. And they started me, and it may have been the best thing that happened to the Bullets because Charlie Johnson replaced me, C.J. C.J., we do not win Game 7 if C.J. doesn't have the 18 points. He hit the half-court shot right. at the end of the third quarter. He was amazing. So... In a strange way, it was probably a good thing. I got hurt. I did play first five, six minutes, took six shots, made three. I was getting them up rapid fire, but I think Dick might have had a plan way ahead of me. He was like, we'll we'll let Grevy start, see what happens. We're going to CJ. Nice. And we I can't believe
1: that the medical training was such that you hurt your wrist. You're a starting player for a NBA finals team, and they didn't even look at you. Yeah. He didn't even know. He just let it seize up overnight. Nowadays, if Steph Curry hurts his fingernail, right. they got the thing in traction the very night. It's true. Um,
2: well, first of all, our team doctor wasn't there. We did not have, back then,
1: team doctors travel. We used Seattle's team doctor. And I remember Seattle's team doctor. (laughs) I bet Seattle's team doctor was, like, going to have to cut it off. He came in. Going to have to amputate it. Sorry, there's no saving it. Take two
2: aspirin. It'll be fine. Right. And, you know, it was typical back then that um, they would just give you a quick look and say, well, the bone's not sticking out. Go see your doctor when you get back to Washington. And that's pretty much
1: what it was. Wow. Good stuff. So, speaking of Steph Curry... You as a shooter, and you were a pretty good shooter back in the day. Still are, I bet, right? Yeah. I can still you still shoot. get out there, lift them up little at eight sixty-five oh, yeah, in the gym? Little, okay. uh,
2: yeah, I can still do that.
1: When you see what Steph Curry does, what, what goes through your mind?
2: Well, the first thing is he is phenomenal. He takes them deeper than anybody else. He can shake with his ball handling. He's got the ultimate green light. His teammates allow it to happen. The coaches allow it to happen. And he's probably the closest thing to Pistol Pete Maravich that I've ever seen. I thought Pistol Pete was 20 years, 30 years ahead of everybody else. The way he handled the ball, the way he passed, his flair. It drove coaches uh, crazy. (laughs) They didn't want to trust it. But he was the greatest individual skilled talent right that there was at that time
1: but not as good of a pure jump shooter as Steph Curry Steph Curry might be the best pure jump well, first shooter first of the league all he's ever seen he doesn't shoot a,
2: no he doesn't shoot a jump shot it's right. a set shot exactly Pistol Pete shot a set shot right in my day we shot jump shots so Pistol was different with because you know it was a huge advantage shooting a set shot because you would fake The guy would rise, and then you'd go. And
3: there was no three-point line.
2: There was no three-point line. Until 79. And you had to be able to get to the rim. You had to have runners, hook shots. You had to have an assortment of shots to be able to score in the paint. And Pistol had it all.
1: Wow. And... All right. So Curry's enough about like Pistol. It. All right, I Kevin. It. You, I, you can tell know, that. Andy Polin would shove Pistol Pete <laughs> down my throat all day, every day on yeah. the show, and I said, "Look, I understand Pistol Pete was an incredible player for his age, for his era." Mm-hmm. But then we got into this argument about whether Pistol Pete could play in today's NBA.
2: Of course he could. No bullshit. Course.
1: Oh. With come all on. due respect, Mister NBA. Oh no. No way. Pistol Pete would have his shit robbed. He'd have his shot blocked he would be dominated by today's athletes. No, nobody could block his shot then, and they couldn't <laughs> yeah, block it now. back then they couldn't. No. Uh, do you see the guys in the NBA now? Of
2: course you do. You're a scout. Well, here's the thing. Back when Pistol was playing, I played
1: in that era, there was hand checking. True. And you could go up and you could guide a player. All yeah. right, what rules are we playing under? 70s rules or well, modern rules? If Because that under s- makes a difference. Well, Curry
2: would have a tough
1: time in the old days at his size right. He'd with get a bodied. hand on his hip. Yes. No question.
2: Pistol was 6-5 and he would just back up and he had the skill level to be able to knock that hand off, get into the lane and do what he had to do. So, yes, he could play today. Could uh, you
1: play in today's NBA?
2: No question. JJ Redick uh, is playing today. I'm the closest probably when I look at a player in the NBA today mm-hmm. Who did I play most like in today's game? It would right. be
1: JJ Reddick. You're 6'5 though. Reddick is 6'4. 6'4. Four. Four, right. okay. right. I'm impressed with the career Redick forged for himself.
2: No question. Like you I know, thought
1: it was a little bit of a reach coming out of Duke. I thought at Duke he was one yeah. of the most sensational shooters. Yeah. Pure shooters. could put it on the
2: floor. Wasn't a good defender. Right. Minus Couldn't defender. Make plays.
1: But he has turned himself into a good right. all-around player. He's not a total yeah. liability on well, defense. J.J. Reddick
2: is a lot better player today than I was when I ended my career. Right. He, oh, my God. Because of those things. I, think I was a catch-and-shoot guy using Wes and Elvin and using my teammates. I put the ball on the floor one or two dribbles. Um, and defensively, maybe I was a liability in some cases, but I was strong. And I could put my hand. Mike Reardon showed me how to guide players. And I learned <laughs> to play defense
1: within Learn how I to head. guide them, shove them, nudge them. By the way, let's get this soup. Oh, is this man. your soup oh, there, Kevin? Yeah, thank you. Kevin's going to enjoy his French onion soup right now as we take a quick second to reset <laughs> here. DC Prime. Paul Gorgie, thank you for setting this up. Rick Crow is our host here at DC Prime. Great place steaks, seafood, you name it. French onion soup right here in the heart of ashburn virginia a lot of redskins in the house tonight by the way including foster here apparently he is one of really? our our server from last week said oh by the way new redskin reuben foster is in the house wow. Wow. now it's almost funny. new redskin no he's a new redskin but now he's been parked by the league
0: the loudon county sheriff's department is out front <laughs> But I think Man. it's just—I think it's just a drive-by. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> Man, that is that is very cold right there. By the way, to get your holiday reservation, uh, DC Prime Steaks, I believe, com. DC Prime Steaks, and you can follow them on Twitter as well. You'll see all the stuff on television. So, anyway, Curry fascinates me, boys, because I think he has elevated the state of the art of simply shooting that pumpkin with a deadliness at a range. That is unheard of
2: that's right
1: and there are other other guys that have that range but they don't have the ability to pull it off in a game reliably well, it's like he's ch- a freak I call him Shootatron 3000 he's like a robot
3: but it's changed the game because you see guys getting rebounds under the basket and kicking it out you're right to Rick. the three-point line instead of actually just putting up and getting the two and moving down the back back down the court
2: well that's part of uh, the eye test seeing the great shooters out there shooting those shots and doing what Curry does. Also, it's analytics has come to the coach and said, you know what? A corner three that's wide open is more important, more valuable, will impact a team more than a contested layup. A contested layup, you're going to make maybe 60 70% of those layups. But a corner three wide open, you're going to make 50, 55 60%. So let's take the corner three. Or from hmm.
3: 45 feet like Curry. <laughs>
2: well, Curry <laughs> is exceptions to right. every rule. Right, right. But, but as a scout, that's what I'm seeing now. And, and it's, it's, um, it's worked its way into the college game. You saw how Villanova won the championship with five guys that can shoot threes. They spread to four. There's a term for this. It's called space and pace basketball, positionless basketball. It's all evolving.
1: I mean. But is it making the game any better? I'm not so sure. See, I'm not either because. I'm not so sure. I remember watching game six or seven of Rockets-Warriors. Was it game seven, I think, last year? And they kept throwing up threes, and they missed 23 in a row. Right. It was brick city. It was was garbage basketball. eliminating
0: the presence of a big man in the paint. Right. Right? Right. There's no
3: offensive rebound. When when
0: you're a scout, as Kevin is, when people are looking to to build their roster, I don't – it's about shooters. It's about defenders. Right. It's not about nobody posts a big up man anymore. In paint putting their back to the basket and calling for the ball. No. I think I think that is gone by the wayside. Oh,
1: way way gone. Yeah, it's yeah, way it is. Gone. yeah, yeah. So it, better, will there be a pendulum swing? Do you think, Kevin, the other direction, or is I this think there
2: there will. I don't know how it's going to happen, um, but there is going to be. First of all, this this whole new wave of basketball that we're seeing—the pace and space, a three-point shot is a derivative of the rule changes. No hand checking and a three-point shot, the shot clock, um, and the way the game is being officiated. Um, in college, there's there's almost no and ones, right? Right. All right? Now, in the NBA, you can start at the three-point line. Somebody touch you, take two dribbles, <laughs> go up for a yeah. floater, and you get an and one. Right. There's more scoring. It's, it's, it's officiated completely differently. Here. So having said that, I think that coaches will find a way to counteract this crazy three-point bombing arsenal's attack that right. we're seeing—forty, fifty 40-53 threes a game. Um, I don't know who. That's Although the numbers be. are going up, I know they are. There's I, scoring's was. going up, the percentages are going up, players are being taught to shoot the ball better. I'm. It used to drive me nuts to see guys missing free throws and seeing yeah. players that well. couldn't shoot the ball. But the scoring's gone up from the
3: '90s. But when yes. you go back and look at the '80s and the games in the '70s, when you used to see 140 to 130. Yeah, you know why? Because you don't you, see that anymore. Because you,
1: because they called fouls back then, but there was no three-point line. No, I know, but there right. was. You know, it was hard to guard guys. And back defenses
2: then. got more sophisticated. Right. College coaches started coming into the game and started showing how to do help-side defense. When I came into the league. When Casey Jones put my name next to a player, that was the guy, and you shadowed him. You didn't switch. You didn't help. You stayed with that guy. And then at halftime, if he had 11 points and I had six, I'm getting my butt chewed out. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're hurting us, Kevin. You're not defending him. So why am I going to help if I'm going to be graded on how I'm guarding a guy? I'm not going to help my teammates. That's, THAT'S that's YOUR BUSINESS. THIS IS, YOU KNOW, MANO, MANO. WELL, IT WAS KIND OF ARCHAIC, BUT IT WAS A LITTLE BIT LIKE THAT. AND THEN THE COLLEGE COACHES START COMING IN AND SAY, HEY, WAIT right. A second, WE GOT A ZONE. WE GOT TO DO THIS AND THAT. AND THAT'S WHEN THE SCORING STARTED GOING DOWN. RICK PATINO STARTED A LITTLE BIT OF THAT WITH THE PRESSING DEFENSES, with the, WITH THE KNICKS. AND ALL THESE GUYS, LARRY BROWN, THEY HAD A LOT TO DO WITH THE WAY THE has STARTED TO EVOLVE.
1: As a uh, AS A SCOUT, I don't need to ask you about who the good players are in the NBA. I want to hear some of the underrated players in the NBA today that you think, as a scout, don't get enough credit. And they might be stars that are, Uh like, tier two, two two stars.
2: I'll start with one. And, uh, of course, I'm biased. He's a Charlotte Hornets, Kimba Walker. Okay. Kimba Walker, right now, if you had to vote on MVP in the NBA, he would be in that conversation. MVP. He would be in wow. the conversation. He's right now the third-leading scorer in the NBA. He's like seventh in assists. His percentages are ridiculous, and he has to do it on a team that is really put together with a lot of, you know, journeyman players, young players. This is a rebuilding year for the Hornets, and they're 10-9 and nine right now. Got so, it. anyway, I would say Kimba... He's making $12 million a year if you look at he's very much underpaid. You look at the top ten scores in the NBA, they're all making $25, 30000000 Sure, sure. You know, and then there's Kemba. That's going to change, obviously, in a year or so right. when his contract's up. But I would think he would be the guy that stands out in my mind more than any. Yeah. Um, Who else? I'm going to give you one. It's uh, Josh Hart for the Lakers. Here's a guy that was picked last in the first round he was the 30th pick in the nba draft two years ago and played for villanova well coached couldn't shoot he was a tough guy four-year guy and he goes to the lakers he would have made first team all rookie if he hadn't got hurt the last 15 games of the season at that time everybody's talking about lonzo ball kyle kuzma these are guys that were really doing well Josh Hart, there's always a place for a guy, a wing guy, who can defend, who's smart, and can make shots. Okay.
1: While we're on the Lakers, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on Lonzo Ball. Wow. Well, all right. Very funky mechanics, yeah. which I thought right away. I'm like, man, I don't know if that's ever going to be viable. The well, the, 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 the sort of the crooked foot the slinging it sideways off his delivery. But yeah. we've seen some guys with some unorthodox jumpers.
2: But not that ugly. <laughs> <This> Maybe <laughs> the worst-looking
1: shot I've ever seen. Everything's um, great. Thank you.
2: You know, here's a guy who played at UCLA, freshman, one-and-done, right in the backyard of the Lakers. And Rob Plank and Magic Johnson are watching this guy uh, guiding UCLA. And uh, they fell in love with him. There's probably not a player that could pass the ball as well as Michael or as uh, Magic. Magic fell in love with him. Rob fell in love with him. Luke Walton, he started drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm a scout, and <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Because of his with ability you, to did pass be on the I'll floor? Be honest with Passing
1: you, and rebounding, they said that'll make up for the lack yeah, of a jump shot. But He has a very good rebounder. He's
2: right. long, and he has an unbelievable passer.
1: He seems like a sensible kid despite his crazy father's efforts well that was a big
2: elephant in the room yeah i'm like really guys there's something we haven't talked about and that's papa bear yeah Lavar ball <laughs> what about him he's been quiet and, as of late um, magic's like i'll take care of that forget about it i'll take care of that let's just talk about the player and his skills and um he wasn't a guy um i like fox i like tatum I had Ball probably third or fourth, fifth best yeah. player in that draft.
1: And while we're on that draft, the Markel Fultz thing, Kevin, is crazy. It is crazy. You know I mean, who I
2: blame? I blame Philadelphia shooting coaches coaches,
1: <laughs> for wrecking this guy's head. Do you not believe in shooting coaches? Hell, yes, I do. Oh, okay. That's and his, I, yeah. his shot
2: wasn't broke. His shot was fine. And when I watched him at Washington, yeah, he had a tiny little hitch. But you look at his shooting percentages while he was at Washington, while he was at Damatha. This guy could shoot the ball. Yeah.
1: Good free throw shooter.
2: Could he's it be destroyed. that he's got a
1: shoulder injury? They keep saying I'm that. I'm not close enough to I, know. I almost think that I they're hoping know. for a shoulder injury because it would at least be give him some answers. That's right. Because this is this is almost like a baseball case yeah. where who are the baseball players that couldn't throw to first base anymore? That's right. no well, Hey, Who? we've no seen block. catchers no oh, yeah. no Ryan, Ryan Zimmerman, <laughs> yeah. yeah, where you just you lose your oh, nerve. Yeah. the third he can't throw from third to first. Hey, there have right, been
2: catchers that couldn't oh, yeah. throw the ball back to pitchers, and yeah. pitchers that forgot how right. to throw a strike,
1: or guys that can't and make a two footer like Gorgy yeah. at Riverbend. <laughs> straight, you, mean right, huh? that wasn't, you mean that wasn't good <laughs> for Charles Barkley? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's crazy to think that he was. Not only taking number one overall over yeah. Tatum, who ended up going to Boston and is great, yeah. but they got a premium for it in a couple extra first round picks. Yeah, it's going to be one Probably of the Danny heists of the century. Uh, best moves ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was smart about that. Back to the Lakers, real quick. Mm-hmm. Are you? How do you think LeBron's doing out there with the team? I mean, I kind of thought he'd have more of an immediate impact.
2: Well, I agree with that. Um, I'm not with the Lakers anymore. I'm with the Hornets. So this is my take. Mm -hmm. And I have not spoken to anybody higher up about this. But he's pacing himself. LeBron knows with these one-year contract guys. Now, come on. Really? Are they going to win with these guys? There's no chance. Right. And they had some young players they were building. And so they bring in LeBron. The big year is going to be next year. It's just summer when they're going to go after the Durants and Anthony Davis and people like that. So let's get through this year. Let's don't get hurt.
1: You know, pace ourselves.
2: Pace yourself.
1: Is it and, important for them to make the playoffs?
2: Um, it is important for the fans and the Lakers and the pride.
1: Um, LeBron's rep. But
2: what's more important the is LeBron's health. Getting through this year without getting hurt. And putting a super team together next year, and we're going to see that. You think I guarantee so? it. You You're think good- Durant's going? I think so. I think that's why Magic's there. Yeah. That's why LeBron is there now, and that's why the super team is coming. And they're just going to get through this year. They don't. Right. You know the the short term. Yeah. You know he probably could have a bigger impact, but why? For what? To <laughs> so, Right. To, to be the fifth shirt? seed instead of the seventh seed?
1: Yeah, you're right. That's you know, a good point. That's my take. When we come back after we eat here at D.C. Prime Steakhouse Confidential with Kevin Grevy, Washington Bullet currently a scout in the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets, a man who is okay with shooting coaches as long as he is the shooting coach, being paid $300 an hour. If you want to send your kids to Kevin, he'll teach, you, teach your kid how to shoot. When we come back, we'll talk about whether he thinks super teams are good, bad, or somewhere in the middle for the NBA. And then we gotta get into some of the war stories of 70s NBA. Uh The personalities, the referees, the lifestyle. I wanna know how close it was to Semi-Pro, the movie, with Will Ferrell, (laughs) the game was back then. We'll talk about that next. Listen up, sports fans, football season is heating up and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football basketball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet sides, predict scores, track player props. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag to open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code ZABE. No deposit is necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited.
2: My junior year, we played in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bobby Jones was on that team, and um, I had twenty-eight points at halftime. I remember that game. <laughs> I said, "Man, this Carolina's soft. These guys aren't very good." Came <laughs> out second half, then this big six-nine white dude comes up and stood in my face and never left me the second half. <laughs> and I "That was Mitch." No, that
1: oh. was Bobby Jones. Oh, okay. Bobby Jones, and Bobby Jones. was six-seven, but I'm not here to. Yeah,
2: you're, he was a little taller than six-seven. Okay. He was long. Anyway, I scored six points. That's, that's, <laughs> so that's one side story. 28 in the first,
1: six in the second.
2: The other side story of that game was um, we were up. Carolina's coming back. And Rick Roby and Mitch Kupchak were at a foul line. And Mitch elbowed Rick Roby in the in the, the solar plexus right here. <laughs> and then he dropped him. And I'm shooting a free throw. I'm like, what the heck just happened to Rick. And Kupchak just looked at him, dead ball. We go back to our huddles. Rick gets up. I said, Rick, what happened? He said, Kupchak, that dirty bitch just elbowed me. I'm going to get him. I said, "Uh, you're going to get him. He said, I'm going to get him. I said, well, pick your spot, Rick. Pick your spot. (laughs) And don't miss. The very next free throw, (laughs) he elbows Kupchak in the throat. And dropped Cup check and copy. In the throat. Right in the throat. Adam Zapple. Took him out. And at this point, you know, now benches are about ready to erupt. And but we finished the game. We lost. And Coach Hall goes on. He says, What happened there, Rick? Rick told him a story. And he said, Rick, that was not right. You shouldn't have done that. And he goes on the team bus of the Carolina Tar Heels and he apologized on behalf of the team. Really? Coach Hall did.
1: Uh, oh, okay. And uh, said, I'm sorry Hall, that this happened. Coach at Kentucky. So
2: I'll never forget, you know, he's dirty. Cup check. He's elbowed Rick. He elbowed me. Why is Coach Hall apologizing? Anyway, we go, you know, two, two, three years go by. Now we're drafting Cup check. And where I'm at the draft, I'm in my, just finished my rookie year. Bob Ferry, where all the players are up in the Capitol Club at the Capitol Center. We're watching the draft. We drafted Larry Wright, and now with the 20th pick or 18th pick, here's Mitch Kupchak still on the board. And Bob says, hey, we're drafting Mitch Kupchak. I'm like, oh, no, not that guy, man. I hate that (laughs) Kupchak. He is so dirty. He He said, you're going to learn to like him, Grievy. You're going to learn to like him. In fact, we're going to draft him, and tomorrow I'm going to see if he can come in with his family, and you're going with me to the airport. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not. I do not want to. He said, no, we're going to break the bread real quick. So sure enough, Rita and Bob picked me up in Crofton. I get in the car with him. We go to the National Airport, and we pick up Mitch. And Mitch is looking at me and said, what are you doing here? (laughs) I said, he made me come. He made me come. (laughs) And now 30-plus years later. Mitch lived with me. Yeah, that's right. You're working for him in That's that's good stuff. So anyway, he's a great friend.
1: All right, so give me an old school NBA story from back in the day. What well, oh, are your boy. best stories? Well, I know you've probably done a million banquets, million interviews. Give me your best rubber chicken story about All right. old school NBA.
2: Well, since there's no women and children in the audience, and this is a podcast, and yeah. I can't get in too much trouble here. Good stuff, you know, I love I'll it. tell you what. I played in a great era when there was a lot of trash talking, where guys had your back. There was fights. There was a lot of stuff that went on. But I happened to play towards the end of my career with some guys who were really crazy. John Lucas. Now, John's a great guy. He was having some but Spencer Haywood. Spencer Haywood was a nut. Yeah. Rick Mahorn and Jeff Rulin. Filthy crazy. and McNasty. Yeah. Crazy, mean, Nasty. And tough. Didn't yeah. want to play against him, wanted on your Long team. Long Island, boys. There happened to be another guy. And I don't know if your listeners will remember this name, Carlos Terry. I don't remember. All right. Carlos played at Winston-Salem State. He was an undersized Bob Ferry. I told this story to Bob, and Bob never even heard the story that I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and I said, he said, I love Carlos Terry. Carlos, he was a war. He was tough. And Kevin, he was crazy, wasn't he? And I said, yeah, he used to drink the moonshine. He'd bring it up, his boys, <laughs> his brothers. When I'd see his brothers coming, I knew Carlos wasn't going to be good that next day because he was going to be into the moonshine. But anyway, moonshine, so here oh we are. Oh, my God. Geez. Somehow, this team, we make the playoffs. And we're playing Atlanta Hawks, all right? And we're playing in a uh, series. that Back then, it was best out of five, three. I think, or best out of three. First but, uh, round was three. Three. Yeah, it was three. That's right, Chris. So, <laughs> so first game, Atlanta Hawks. And I go off. I had 43 points in this game, but at halftime I had 28, all right? I have 28 points. And we're inbounding the ball right in front of our bench in the second, to start of the second half. And I got Mahorn and I got um, Rulin sitting behind me, and Carlos Terry. And Eddie Johnson and Amon Hill are standing next to me, and I'm ready to inbound the ball and uh carlos said and rick there's they said hey uh hey eddie you know where you know where Greevy played college right and <laughs> he's like yeah i know where he played i played at auburn You played kentucky yeah and they hate black dudes man they hate them <laughs> they hate and you know horn is saying this saying and he says you know Greevy. He every time he sees a brother, he wants to light that motherfucker (laughs) up. And he's he got 28 on you. He's gonna go for 50 because he hates brothers. And 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 all of a sudden there's you Evans, a black ref says, hey, stop that. He (laughs) said, you don't understand you. Greavy hates you too. (laughs) (laughs) You're a black dude, man. He hates (laughs) brothers. Oh my god. I'm like shut. The hell up, Rick! <laughs> Shut up, Carlos! So I dribbled the ball the floor. So, so is that right, Greedy? That right, said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, like, man, no. No. <laughs> no. Please, man, you know better than that. Those <laughs> yeah. guys are crazy. Oh, no, mom you're yeah. a white dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, you know oh but God, that was the day, man, when stuff could be said and crazy. Guys back
1: then would make Draymond Green look like oh. nothing. Today, I mean, the, Trash, dra- yes. the drama with a Draymond Green, or you know, the physicality of yep. you know some Done. some cheap shots, but, you know, the, the league, and I think the league, Kevin, did a, the right thing by taking out of the game the overt brutal mm-hmm. takedowns. I mean, the close lines in the NBA Finals in the '80s. That's, I mean, that's right. You can't yeah. sustain that if you're going to be a major sporting brand. That's right.
2: Um, but you know, up till that point. And going back to the history of the NBA, there always was a hitman on every team. Going back to Lusk of Tuff, yeah. you know the Celtics, and I used to watch the Cincinnati Royals, and there was, I'd watch these NBA teams come in, and and my dad who played at Xavier, and you know we're studying players, we're watching it. He said, now that's. That's one of the hitmen. That's their goons. They, there was yeah. goons in were the NBA goons like in the then. NHL. Well, and that stuff still, you know, s- you know, was filtering down even back when I played. And um, you know, we, Wes Unseld, used to always tell us, you know, you got to protect yourself. We got to be out here, you know. And I'm like, man, am I coming into hockey or is this basketball? Right, you right, know, exactly. this is. He said, "Look, the worst thing you can do is back down." And Wes always said, "I got your back. I'm there, Kevin. But if you back down from a fight, or if you don't challenge, or if you don't come up and meet the challenge, they're going to take. They're, they're going to they're take gonna smell weakness. Sign of weakness. They're yep. going to see weakness, yeah. and they're going to prey on you, yeah. <laughs> right? And Mike Reardon, who was a really great defender and uh, my big brother when I came to league, there wasn't a tougher guy." You know, remember in the playoffs in 74 when Mike Reardon took out Rick Berry. He just pushed him into the stands. Um, And Al Addles was a coach. And Wes had to intercede and stop Al Addles from beating up Mike Reardon. And, And I'm watching this. I'm like this is bizarre. This is crazy. But man. you know, I got to elevate my my toughness right, you can't to be a play in this league. You got to
1: get out there and say I'm i right. here. Yeah. So
2: I was willing to do that, but it had to be done every day. It had to be in practice. Yeah. yeah. Phil Chenier, who's one of my best friends today. I had to go at him, you know, we had to battle and in practice. In practice. Mm-hmm. And you carry that practice to games. And we would be warming up and I would look and, and measure the other team warming up and you would see, you know, stitches and black guys. I remember a guy named John Brown, never heard of him I'm sure you guys never heard of him Atlanta, but I'm looking at him, he looked like a raccoon. I'm like, hey man, what happened to uh, what's what happened to John Brown? Oh Calvin Lights. Murphy on oh. unleashed oh, on God. John Brown last night. You know, guys but
1: but the Rudy T Kermit Washington thing oh, changed boy. everything. 'Cause Rudy T almost died. That's right. And then obviously as Stern right, took Steve. over That's as when commissioner, started. he said, Look, this league could be a lot better. Yeah. We gotta right. we gotta clean it up, we gotta clean up the drug problem. We gotta put an end you know, and and he even battled Stern did these brawls that were happening all the way into the 1990s and turn of you know 2000 when guys like jeff van gundy were hanging on the leg of alonzo <laughs> morning yeah and it seemed draconian at the time because it al- it altered a number of series where guys would step two steps off the bench suspended a game mm-hmm. and stern was like this is how we're gonna do it but it was necessary
2: yeah there was no question it was necessary but i thought when that started happening when that transition of the game started to change and they were cleaning up this fighting i noticed there were guys punking and hiding behind the no fight rule oh really and i'm seeing um, guys do this stuff and i was like man he would get lit up next play right. That you the know, but he balances. knows that they he won't. Knows, yeah, right. <laughs> so he's getting away with this kind of stuff. <laughs> right. So it now took get, a while.
1: And now you get guys that are like little cheap shot guys. That's why like Draymond, you know, he'll try to nut punch you or something like that. <laughs> no, he will try to get away with it knowing that it's not the Wild West of the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Where there's a guy going, I'm just going to punch you. Or I'm going to push mm-hmm. you into the stanchion next yeah. time you go up for a layup. So um, you told a story over stakes about getting recruited at Kentucky. And I want to know if you can recreate it in two minutes or less. It was a great story. I love the long form version, but yeah. basically, when you went to Kentucky back in 1974, um, I
2: I graduated high school in '71. I joined okay. Kentucky in '72. Okay. I was a high school kid coming up in uh, northern Cincinnati, Hamilton, Ohio. My dad played basketball. He was my mentor. He was the one I looked up to, I listened to. He showed me how to play the game, so on. So he played at Xavier. So I was Dustin, as a high school kid to play at Xavier, maybe Miami of Ohio, Cincinnati. And you wanted to do that. And that's where I, I would go to their camps. Ohio State was like as big as I could think. But my dad always loved Kentucky, and we would listen to Kentucky basketball now and then, never dreaming that I would ever be good enough to be even recruited by right. Kentucky. So I'm playing high school ball. My dad kept saying, Keep, you know, get better, get stronger, do this, do that. Next thing you know, here comes Kentucky recruiting me. And now all of a sudden, my parents wanted me to go to Kentucky, but I lost my confidence. I thought I was only good enough for one of these local schools. They said, Take the visit, go. Take the visit. They really like you, Kevin. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and they said, no. I said, no, I'm going to sign a uh, Xavier. My dad's like, hey, I, even I could play at Xavier. You're so much better than me. Take the visit. At least listen to what they have to say. The whole time, though, my dad, being an attorney, was very adamant, never take anything from a college coach or a college
1: program. Cash, cars. Cash,
2: cars. Back then in the day, you know, a car and $200 a month would Boy, you'd sign on a dollar line. Standard everybody you. was. Hey everybody Ola. was getting hey car, car and two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks in nineteen
1: seventy-two was a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man. You living like a king in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You put that money in your pocket, and, you know, yeah, you're, you're you're you go. good to
1: go, baby. Right. So, um, so I was thinking.
2: Kentucky. I was thinking that um, I'm not going to be able to get that car in cash. My some of my teammates are getting it, but I'm not. My dad won't let it happen.
1: Because you revered your dad. That and when much. I
2: whenever a coach came. And they did. My dad would just ream them out. So I'm like, okay, all right, Dad, I'll take the visit, but I'm not really sure I want to go. Well, Marathon Oil is playing um, the Kentucky uh, or the, the Russians in Lexington, Kentucky. Get in the car, and I drive down there. The whole time, we're talking really nice stuff. On the way back, they said, okay, Kevin, we got talks talk brass tacks here. What did Miami offer you? What did Xavier offer This is Kentucky asking yeah, the coaches. Sure. And I'm like, they haven't offered me anything. And they said, well, come on. They got a car or something. <laughs> they said, what, what kind of car do you like to drive? Well, my – I don't know why I played into it. I'm young. I said, you know, I like GTOs. Okay, well, we got a Pontiac dealer. <laughs> we we'll look up, well, what, what color what, you want? What color? Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Paul. <laughs> well, I said, well, he drives a gold. He said, okay. And he said, hey, look at this money right here. We want to show you something. There was, so, there was such a big wad of money that the rubber band was ready to bust. And he said, count it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to count it. It was too heavy. I can't count that. And he said, well, those are $100 bills. Those, you can have that if you sign tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Saturday. We've got to move on, Kevin. I said to myself, I am so glad they did, did this. Now I know I'm going to Xavier. I know because when my dad. Here's what they're doing. He's gonna ream about. He's out gonna ream their you're ass You're not off. going to Kentucky. So they drive me up the driveway. Thank God, mom and dad's lights up in the bedroom. And, I, and the coach said, "Well, what's up, Kevin? Are you going to take the? Uh, here are the keys. Here's the cash." <laughs> I said, "I got to talk to my parents first. And they said, "Well, all right. Good luck." They drove down there. I said, well, that's the end of those blue, big blue Cadillacs. I want to see them anymore. I go up, knock on my parents' door, and they said, oh, how was the trip? Was Coach Hall, were they nice to you? What was that? And I'm like, listen, you aren't going to believe what just happened. I am, like, still shaking, Dad. They offered me a car, and they offered me more money than i ever seen in my life. And he said, son. Can't you see how much they want you, how much <laughs> they like you, you? I'm
1: like, holy shit. Even my dad turned so- <laughs> coat. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Welcome in the end, it. even your dad flipped because your dad was yeah. such a big Kentucky fan. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. And you don't regret going there, obviously. God, no. Great it's experience. Best decision I ever made. Around. I mean, Kentucky, um, no. Carolina. It's a
2: gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Kentucky playing there prepared me to play in the NBA. Right. I'm part of a, a great alumni. Yeah. All the different coaches have come through there. My coach hall, just turned 90, still alive. Wow. Still a great. great ambassador. I go back there and, hey, Zabe, Paul, Chris, we all want to be loved. And I go back to Lexington, I know I'm loved. Nice. My kids see it. My my wife, know. wow, these people are unbelievable. And it's just a wonderful you think, thing.
1: You think Coach Cal doesn't get enough credit for what he does there? I mean, it's – You know, there's been a lot of disappointments, high-profile disappointments, but he's bringing in great players every Mm -hmm. year. He's got to try to get them playing together every year in a short period of time. That's not easy. I mean, look,
2: the bottom line, they want to win championships. they won one since Coach Kyle's been there. Yeah. Should have won two more, maybe. You know, losing to Wisconsin in the Final Four was horrible. Losing to Connecticut was terrible an inferior team. But who else has and, won that many? I mean, it's, and this is how the fans look at it. They're like, hey, we love Coach Cal. He's brought us back, given us great visibility. It's fun to watch all these wonderful one-and-dones. we got an alumni of uh, 42 guys playing in the NBA. I don't know what the number is. Right. It's some crazy number. In the NBA. But these people, are, the bar is so high. The measurement is national championships. It's, they're nuts. They're, yeah. they're, are they the craziest I, fan base you in know college? What? I pity the next guy that has to come in behind yeah, Coach Cal. Exactly. Who in the hell... You
1: would Let's think the it. fans would realize we could have Coach Tuberville back. You know? <laughs> Bill Gillespie, yeah. he was wonderful. Right, or not no. Tuberville? No, 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 Tubby, no. S- Tubby, Smith. Tubby Smith. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who won? So who won? Didn't he? Uh, he did he, win a title.
2: With Rick Pitino's guys. Yeah, they always <laughs> still remind won. everybody. But he did win his first year. Yeah, he did. Speaking yeah. of
1: Patino, do you think he'll be back coaching again ever? College not, or pros? Not, not, not in the college. college.
2: Possibly, I'd say there's a uh, a chance he'd be back in the NBA with the would Wizards. Good with the, the Wizards,
1: yeah, he would. Rick could do it. I mean, it didn't work tape. out the first time with the Celtics. Obviously, Listen,
2: I've been a, I've played this game a long time. and I've scouted. I've gone to Rick Patino's practices, and he's just unbelievable. The way the game is being played now is the way Rick envisioned the game. Really, to be played with a three-point shot. He is he is uh, I I don't like to use his word genius, but that's basketball what genius. the guy is when it comes to basketball. Going Player back to his Providence days, right? Yes.
1: Providence and the Knicks. Going back. That's yeah. right. And, and, all and the it's way. like we're going to shoot, shoot, He's shoot and run and space. And so. if you
2: want to change a culture and play this pace of game that Rick is so good at and so familiar with He'll, he'll get him to play it. But, and players would buy into it.
1: But he got loose. He got loose at Louisville. He really did. He lost the reins of what. He did. He forgot what, you know,
2: and that happens to a lot of people. You forget what you did to get
1: there. And you probably and feel a bit Rick, bulletproof. You do. And, and you f- and remove Rick yourself. Had,
2: he had some previous issues that oh, yeah. were warnings. Exactly. And Rick didn't heed it. Right. uh, I think
1: he probably felt, I'm floating above it all, so whatever stuff goes on down there, it's never going to wash up to me. But in today's day and age, it it does wash up to your feet. It
2: sure will, especially in our era today with cell phones and Internet and so on. uh, I feel bad for Rick. Yeah, I do, because he was a great coach, and I wish he were still coaching.
1: All right, give me your – 60 second take on Zion Williamson, my new favorite player. <laughs> oh my God, I am the biggest Zion yeah. head. Can you tell Zabin
0: is. has a chubby
1: for him? I, you know, I mean, the, it's I, unbelievable. I love this kid from yeah. the moment I saw a YouTube yeah, video. Exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> this,
2: this I'm glad you awesome. said that, Zay, because my boys, they love basketball. They How old are follow your boys? My boys are 32. Got okay. it. All right, and they play to this day and so on. And they were telling me about this Zion Williamson. Three years ago. Three years ago. They said, Dad, you aren't going to believe this, YouTube. So this guy's got a following, and he's already a world brand, and he's played five college basketball games. Zion Williamson is maybe the most skilled package for a big guy at his size I have ever seen. I would have said that about Charles Barkley, you know, Mason, I would have said, you know, there's certain people. We who haven't seen here,
1: a body like this in a long time. Not it's like as Larry explosive. Johnson, you know, That's with a, good a one. big upper LJ chest. From but UNLV. lean and explosive but as well.
2: To do what he does <clears throat> to pass, rebound, block shots, fly up and down the floor, you're just like, how is it going to happen? Is his body going to break? No, he's too big and strong. LeBron hadn't broke.
1: Right. right.
2: And he's big and strong, and he does it too. He's the closest thing, maybe, to LeBron, and he's actually bigger, and he might even be more explosive. Interesting. It's crazy. And he happens to be with a great coach who is playing to his fiddle just perfectly with also other great players. R.J. Barrett might be the first pick in the draft.
1: Yeah, Barrett could be better than Might say. actually be the best pure so basketball go one, two. player.
2: Yeah. yeah. He can play so many one, positions. Two yeah, he can do everything. But – and one, two, three. Just don't forget yeah, about right. Cam Reddish. You're right. They got <laughs> the top three <laughs> picks. You're right. So I haven't seen, and I've been out on the streets now for six weeks and this summer uh, at the camps, I haven't seen a player better than those three yeah. Yeah. right now. And there could be out there. I just haven't seen it. But Zion Williamson will change a franchise. Is he a franchise player? Yes. Can he change? He'll change the whole atmosphere of a town. He'll go number one because of
1: that. Right, because of the brand. Because there's no downside. The excitement, yeah. You know, yeah. you
2: are going to pay. If the guy breaks his leg after the second year, you got more than your money back. So not the Wizards are taking happen. That's what you're we saying. don't want that. With Alex Smith, can
1: yeah. we not talk broken <laughs> yeah, legs? Like every time that. I hear yeah. that, yeah, that that's I bad cringe. One. That's a bad one. All right, one minute, one question from each of you guys, one-minute answer, and then we'll put a wrap on it because it's been a great night of basketball talk. Go ahead, Broussard. <laughs> um, You've been wowing Grievy with your deep hoops knowledge from working for Lefty Drizell so back in, the in, in,
3: in uh, 78 against San Antonio when the lights went out.
1: Mm. When you know, the lights Pol- you know, the, the, the
3: rumor was always that, you know, that uh, Abe Poland came in and – Hold the lights because you guys were playing so home. bad.
1: What changed when the lights came back on? Um, Explain for people that don't well, know. Well, Broussard, seventy-eight.
2: We were down eleven points, I think, right. uh, with about nine or ten minutes to go. We had just started the fourth quarter and we were not looking very
1: good. It was game two, right? Eastern Conference no, Finals, or game? It was game five. Game five. Eastern Conference Finals Eastern when Conference the Spurs were in the East right. at the Capital Center, and the lights went out. Yeah, out. And that, what happened? Well, that's what I'm asking. I
2: saw George Gervin uh, just recently, and he brought that up. And I've seen him a dozen times. We have overlapped. He's a great guy, by the way, George Iceman. Ice Iceman. And he was in that game, and he had had about 35 points in that game. And uh, he said, "Man, if those lights hadn't gone, <laughs> 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 they just
1: in, We would have been world champions." When they come it, back on,
2: how long was the delay? Oh man, it was a long delay, at least fifteen minutes, okay. I would say, which seemed like a half hour or an hour. When like, you're playing like halftime, we wanted to get out, we wanted to rumble, we wanted to get going, but not. It's never been explained to me why, how, you know. There's conspiracy people think that a pulling. <laughs> well, did to say something to you guys on that? I
3: mean, that's the from the coaching side. What happened?
2: We we went back to, uh, hey, we got nine minutes to turn this thing around and we went with our best five players and bobby dandridge when the lights came back on bobby dandridge like turned on and he went berserk he went lights out he did and <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and the rest and is history bobby dandridge is the reason i have that that there ring,
1: you go, 78 gorgie you got one minute right. as i look at the memory card on our recorder here. local flavor Mm-hmm. University
0: of Maryland got two bigs, Fernando, who was supposed to go, tested the waters, mm-hmm. stayed, and then he got sticks. The biggest recruit from Baltimore that turgeon mm-hmm. gotten years, Jalen Smith. Where do you? Yeah, Jalen Smith. Where do you rank them? And are they first rounders? Is he a yes. one and done?
2: Yes. Both of them are first rounders. Um, you know, Zabe, we were talking early in the, here in the podcast. How are you going to turn this thing around? Uh, The style of play, the three-point shoot, the space and pace, who's going to do it? Well, you know what? Maryland's got the Twin Towers right here. Paul, they got two really good big men that are first-round picks. They're probably – hopefully Cowan, the point guard, can hit shots and they can figure it out. But I think um, Smith – And uh, Fernando are both first-rounders. I think they're going to be great NBA players. They're both a little different. Fernando's more of a rugged, tough guy. And Smith will step out like the modern-day four or five and shoot threes. But he's also very athletic like Fernando. I I love them both.
0: How did you you like Herter coming out? You know, I I liked Herter a lot. Dude, well, I this think is not he would be a Maryland podcast pick. hour, Gorgie. <laughs> I know you here? love your
1: Terps. I mean, we sp- <laughs> <laughs> it was last week. Exactly. I'm sorry, I got to rewind. All right. Will you will you promise to play more than three rounds of golf at your incredible club, well, Riverbend, which Paul is a member at as well, Kevin, because it's an incredible golf course? And we have okay. that. Let's Zabin. double it to six <laughs> for next year, okay? play a lot. Less they, and scouting, and more so, yeah. golf,
0: a little less like tennis, the, too. And yeah. Zabin's going <laughs> yeah. to play around with us as well.
2: Well, I'm always well, there. Okay. Spring will be here. Before we know it. No, hopefully. it will <laughs> <No, it won't. laughs> be here And when it no. gets here, I'll see you <laughs> so in June. Be, this will be a hell of a foursome. What do you uh, think? A oh, well, well, we, good time. No, we Should we do time. it? Absolutely. absolutely. Thank All you, right. Kevin. Hey, Great talking you. to you, man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Thanks again to DC Prime in Ashburn, Virginia, for the warm, succulent cows and seafood. Go to DCPrimeSteaks.com. That's DCPrimeSteaks.com. Make your holiday reservations today. And enjoy. Thanks as well to our DC radio broker, Paul Gorgie, who is in on this podcast, and as well as my marketing ninja, Chris Broussard of andlutions.com for sitting in. Well, f- football season is about over, so it's time to get in on the action with mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the industry leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and basketball, and all your favorite sporting events. Bet sides, predict scores, track player props, mybookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Just use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag to open an account. Join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Alright, thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like, tell three friends. Get the Zabecast app. Subscribe to Football Five Ways Friday. It drops tomorrow. We talked to Richard Deitch about the NFL announcers. We talked to Mark Packer on the rise of Clemson football under Dabo Swinney, Mr. X's picks and charge. Go to Zabe.com slash premium and be a true one percenter today. Now get on out there, watch some YouTube of old Bullets highlights, and we will see you next time. degree was in your future, then life took a different turn. Jump back into school with confidence in a program designed for adults like you. Experience the support of a personal enrollment counselor. They'll walk with you through every step of the enrollment process. Move smoothly from one course to the next with books delivered right to you before each course. Returning to school can be seamless when you have the right support. Thrive without ceasing. Start today at adult.cornerstone.edu.